hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. Cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Wenig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Glad you're here with us for another episode. This is Heather Burnt, and today I've got Liz Cohen with us again. She was with us once before. You probably remember to talk about the little prince. <laughs> but here's Liz again. Liz, what do you want them to know about you? Oh, yikes. Um, <laughs> I'm a family child care provider, and I'm suddenly regretting this choice of topics since I'm interviewing at a bunch of centers because I'm about to move. Oh, so. <laughs> I can edit your name out. Oh, sorry. When we're done, I can I give you a an ego, like... name. <laughs> wanted attached right right <laughs> don't worry they're not gonna hear this <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i'm sure they're avid listeners all of those people you're interviewing with so i just totally as i said your name was mm-hmm. like wait is that really her name <laughs> <laughs> so stupid because yes. <laughs> how often do we interact with each other <clears throat> the answer is a lot um, okay, so Liz has a topic that she she came and, and we talked about discussing based on some experiences she was having. Um, so in true backwards fashion, we started with a topic we want to talk about, and then I went and looked for a quote so that we can stick to the format. So um, this quote is from Heather Shoemaker's book, um, It's Okay Not to Share and Other Renegade Rules, and there's more. Do you have the full title there on your Kindle? For raising um, competent children or something like that. <laughs> Probably not that big of a deal. It's Heather right. Shoemaker, and it's, it's okay <laughs> not to share. So here's the quote. Um, censoring speech has two major problems. One is practical. You can't control spoken words, just as you can't force your child to sleep. You can't truly stop her from saying anything. The other is human nature. Banning anything gives it an illicit thrill. That may be the first time Elicit has made an appearance in the <laughs> Cause and Effect podcast. So there's a first for you. So obviously we're talking about words, bad words, naughty words. Yes. And so tell, tell us why, uh, why you want to talk about this. So the thing that sparked it in my head was actually when I chose to read Matilda to my preschoolers. <laughs> Um, because I'd read it. This wasn't a case of like going in blind to a book. I'd read the book before. And when I was reading it myself, I'm like, I am totally comfortable saying these words. And then I'm reading it to the kids. It's a kid's book. There's nothing, there are no four letter words, but well, twit is four letter word and it's used, but you know, just general insults are in the book. And I realized that I'm way more uncomfortable reading that than I am about things like 
violent, bloody dismemberments or, like, teaching kids about the birds and the bees through owl. I mean, I guess the Lord Rider isn't exactly violent and bloody, but it's uh-huh. close. Yeah. You know, people get eaten and killed. Right. So, so the, because I, I haven't read Matilda. I know I told you I was going to before we did this, <laughs> but you should know by now. That's almost always a lie. No, I haven't, but I bought a new copy of The Little Prince. <laughs> to thinking a new copy would motivate me to read it, but it didn't. Okay, so anyway. Um, so so you're not necessarily talking about the swear words that we as a society have arbitrarily decided <laughs> are immoral, but you're talking more about like mean kinds of um, name-calling so- kinds of things, or what? what do you mean? Both, kind of, because I think that the swears that are determined by society to be swear words tend to be name-calling. I mean, you, mm. I don't think you are ever using one of the four-letter words without trying to demean something. Okay. I just use it to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That's it. I mean, I so, hold on, so I'm processing that. Sorry. but but So twit, you said, was one of them. Let's just fill right. it with all these words. So what else? Do you remember other words that, that you were thinking about? So I actually just gave this book to my friend's eight-year-old. So I don't <laughs> have it with me. <laughs> well, never mind then. But, um, but I mean, just general angry words, I think, uh-huh. is a pretty reasonable... Angry words. That summer. is like angry birds, but I can't think of a joke. So I'll just <laughs> say that, and that will serve as my joke. I like it. Um... Okay, so what what do you think the difference is when you're when you're saying that you're way more comfortable talk, talking about violent bloody gore stuff than the word twit when you're reading to children? They're not going to go out and dismember a wolf. They might go home and call their dad a twit, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what it comes down to. Okay. But what eventually got me comfortable-ish with it, although I did do a little bit of on-the-fly editing, uh-huh. was going, none of these are words that the kids haven't heard before. Oh, yeah. You're not introducing anything new to them that's going to have right. that that novelty sticks in right. their head and they take it home. Yeah. And then, I mean, I don't think anyone has not been on the receiving end of, you know, a sibling or perhaps a parent kind of. <laughs> Hopefully not telling them off to the degree that to the degree that Matilda's father did, but mm. you know somebody getting annoyed with them and they're yeah. Everyone's experienced this, yeah. I think. <laughs> Does that saying you know they might they're not going to go home and dismember a wolf, but they might go home and call someone a twit. Just reminded me, um, long long ago, it was when Curtis was pretty little, mm-hmm. um, and he's twenty four now. So um, my friend David and I were talking, and he was letting his older but still little girl watch Power Rangers. And at that point in my career, no one had ever presented me with a reason to to not think violent TV images were bad. You know, we shouldn't <laughs> let them watch it. And I still don't really know how I feel about Power Rangers because I've never really watched it. But you know what I mean? Like I had that knee-jerk reaction that, oh, we shouldn't let kids be watching this. Um, and he was like, well, what about Looney Tunes? How many anvils does Wiley e. Coyote need to be hit on the head with before you see the violence, you know, being all smartassy? And, and that's what I said was like, there's no anvils falling out of anything for real life for kids, but it's real easy to just kick somebody. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I guess that's that's a determining factor, or at least has been at some point for us. Whether right. something's right or wrong is how it can be imitated and used. I think it makes sense. Yeah. But um, I mean, I have also had kids come in, clearly, several times, either, you know, using the four-letter words either for attention or because they are honestly that frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I have to make two notes. Attention, honestly, that frustrated. Okay. Because um, that's one thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of like swearing or, you know, even just the angry kind of name calling stuff that's mm-hmm. not swearing, quote unquote. Um, so, so the idea that kids, one of the reasons kids do it is for attention. Mm-hmm. Um, totally believe that. But what, what makes me uncomfortable when we start to assign, um, attention getting as the goal for uh, for a child's behavior is that so often it comes with so much judgment that and such an idea that this child is intentionally manipulating me and and that makes me uncomfortable you know what I mean like yes um, yeah so so I guess and, and it's shocking and especially if your own morality says that we shouldn't use those words at all, let alone a child. It's hard to get past that shock and and see, um, well, he just wanted something from me. This wasn't the way I wanted to do it next time. But right. <laughs> And take a teaching approach rather than, oh, can you believe what he said? Right. And actually, the first time I encountered, first time in my professional life that I encountered a swearing child was my first year at Early Head Start. And I had a child with an older brother who had conduct disorder and several, several special needs. Uh-huh. And um, he had picked up these words as a way to get his, their parents to pay attention. And so naturally, she picked up these words as a way to get <laughs> anybody to pay attention. Um, and it worked because she was two years old and looked like an angel with these giant fluky cheeks. Little toddler ponytail sticking up. It was adorable. Right. Um, and then she started dropping the F-bomb everywhere. <laughs> Also adorable. I mean, it kind of was. But... Yeah, yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> Who doesn't but, love to uh, tell the story of the bad words the kids said today? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I initially handled it the way that I think everyone in their first year of teaching handles a swearing kid by saying, oh, we don't say that here. <laughs> it, you know, it kept going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so finally, after maybe two months, and now that we've been talking about the attention, I'm going to finish the story and then uh-huh. elaborate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was she she needed something. Mm-hmm. She was sitting at the snack table. Everyone else had finished, and she was sitting there, and she just starts saying it, and then she starts yelling it, and I'm just not paying any mind to the word. Uh huh. She goes for a solid three and a half minutes. I was watching the clock. (laughs) And then stops. And I ask if there's something she needs. And she just goes over and sits in my lap. (laughs) And never said it again. Just needed you. Yeah. And so I think that was, I hope that was an appropriate way to handle the, yes, child wants attention. And I think testing is another reason that we ascribe is, oh, they're just testing you. Well, even that doesn't have to come with malicious intent. That could just be an experiment because they're in this brand new world that they have 36 months of 
you know, interacting oh, with. Um, so moving beyond that good, bad, moral, immoral, and just thinking, well, this is, this is what they're trying to accomplish. How can I, how can I respond in a way that's appropriate? Mm-hmm. You were going to elaborate though, when you were done with that story. Oh, sorry. The, the elaboration was just that, you know, it, she, she was seeking attention, but I wasn't, I am in agreement with you that seeking attention is not a bad thing. I seek yeah. attention all the time, and right. I don't think there's a moral issue with it. Right, and I think by ignoring what you didn't want to get, but still recognizing that there was a need, and then you came back when the behavior had kind of mm-hmm. slowed down a little bit. Am I am I am I hearing you right that she sort of stopped yeah, before she stopped. came before you asked her? Is there mm-hmm. something that you need? Yeah, so. Rather than feeling like you needed to win some big punishment battle with her because of the words she used, you sort of just ignored what you didn't want to happen again and then still showed her that you were there to meet that need. It took me a really long time, though. Like I said, this would be going on for at least a month before. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Um, I think either the big shocked reaction or the big giggly reaction, either one mm-hmm. is a is a pretty intense reward for yeah. a little one who's trying out language and trying out power. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think another mistake we sometimes make when children use words we don't want them to use is um, to bring respect into it uh. and our own ego. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember, so this is when I worked with school-age kids. Um, a lot of them swore. And because of because of the, the things I knew that these kids were coming to us from, that was not my highest priority for them. Like, we really just wanted to intensely focus on relationships and give them some positive things to do with us at the center so that they would still keep coming. And then we could work on what words they're using or whatever. And uh, my boss at the time, who is also a good friend of mine, um, you may have partied with her at my house. I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, who was trying to tell me that we, we had to really crack down on the swearing. And uh, as grown-up people interacting in a friendship with each other, we swore at each other all the time. <laughs> Or just in conversation all the time. And I said, so why do we have to stop them? And she said, because it's disrespectful. And I said, so when you and I are just joking around and talking and I use a swear word, I'm disrespecting you. When you swear, you're disrespecting me in those interactions. I had no idea. I thought we were just communicating and being funny and um, and uh, it didn't go very well after that <laughs> Not my smoothest interaction with a boss, despite her being my friend. A few people, though, can translate that, you know, can yeah. see their interaction with a child as being the same as their interaction with an adult. Like, mm-hmm. you're interacting with a human with a different set of life experiences, exactly. and that's kind of all you need to know. Yeah, well, and culturally, we're so into power, and yeah. some people say discipline. I really think it's vengeance most of the time when when we use that word, oh, yeah. that feeling that I see, that that what I see in their passing through their thought bubbles as they're telling me that this child just needs some discipline or that you can't just get away with it is 
And people on forums online, I've seen a lot using natural consequences as a way to say punishment that they don't want to say punishment for. Right. We've gotten really skilled at developing euphemisms. Yeah. (laughs) That that sound more appropriate than just saying, well, I want revenge. (laughs) He has wronged me. (laughs) And I must have revenge. (laughs) Um, (coughs) uh, So when you said... I can't even remember the context, but in some way you said we don't say those words like you were giving examples of how we might respond, I think is what you oh, were doing. Yeah. yeah. That always cracks me up. Whenever we start a sentence to a child when we're trying to correct something with we don't, dot, 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 if I was that kid, I'd be like, well, I just did. <laughs> so apparently some of us do. <laughs> I like that. I always just think it sounds condescending, like now that I- I've... We've all done it. We've all done it, probably. You know, all in our experience, it's one of those when you know better, you do better kinds of things. But um, I think we're we're trying to sound nice and polite, but really, we sort of just like you said, it's sort of condescending and it's unclear. Like I've there's a book called um, "Don't Get So Upset." Nope, nope, that's not it. Is it Tamar Jacobson book? No, that's, that's, don't get so upset as Tamar Jacobson, okay. but the one I'm trying to think of is um, called Use Your Words, um, and it's about teacher language. Ah, I can't remember who it is, but anyway, I'll find it. Um, she talks about how we, we try to talk like teachers, so we have this, this code and this language and these phrases that we use, um, when just saying exactly what we want to say would be so much clearer for the child. Like, I think about telling a I have in in my life told a four-year-old to get control of his body before he goes to his cot yeah what the hell does that mean <laughs> that's such a teacher thing like just say when you go to your cot I need you to be still until I can get over to you you know or whatever it is like I wouldn't right. say that to a kid now because I don't right that's, four, that, but... that's right that's not my that's not but you know that's the example yeah. that I use because oh. because I have done it in the past um <laughs> And the other thing is just saying, oh, that's not nice to use words like that. Um, because, again, it doesn't that doesn't address the reason they use the word um, or the need they were trying to get met. But also, like, if I sent Josie to school or child care, which I have done in the past <laughs> many times, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. I'm sorry. Um, very little adult contact today, very little adult conversation for Heather today. Um, and she used a word that she had heard me use many times at home. And the teacher says, that is not a nice word. And she's thinking, my mom says it all the time. What are you saying about my mom? I mean, I feel like, I just feel like we need to be careful about stuff like that. Or, you know, I don't care if your dad says it, you shouldn't say it. So you, that, that you can approach actually, it without without laying it all full of judgment. Yeah. So this is a story that I don't know that my parents would prefer I tell, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it. <laughs> Say it's someone else's parents. Oh, too late. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm ready. <laughs> when I was, it was before I entered kindergarten, so I think I was three or four. I was, my parents and my mom's parents were all having dinner and my sister and I were there and there was a lull in the adult conversations. <laughs> I figured this is the time to insert my own. <laughs> How old? 
How old? How old were you here? I need three to... or four. Okay, I'm ready. So I said, "So, Dad, does work still suck?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, thankfully, it was my grandparents, not its coworkers or anything. But all I remember is the room freezing. <laughs> and I think there was a conversation later, but I don't remember the conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was just one of those. Oh, that was a. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So so here's here's where I where my mind goes with that. Your dad has a choice at that point, to, and not your dad because I don't know your dad. But the adult in that situation <laughs> has a choice in that point, uh, a, a, cho- a, a choice at that point, um, either to react to the morality of what you said, or to understand what's going on behind that. Because what's going on behind that is you figuring out conversation and how give and take works and pulling from you know, past conversations or whatever. And, and it's what adults Imitating talk. the adults that you had seen around you, which is actually, actually sort of impressive that a three or four year old would process all that and do that. Um, does work still suck? Uh, that's great. I'm and just sure. go back. <laughs> what? I just was like, I, I'm sure that my kids have done something like that, but I don't have <laughs> it. It goes back to the needing to say it though, too. Like, I'm sure I've, I, I know I've been at, frust- at that point of frustration my whole yeah. life for letter words. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to come back to that, too, because one of the other things you said was that maybe they're just honestly that frustrated, um, mm-hmm. which speaks again to looking for the reason for the swearing or the bad word or whatever it is and, and focusing on that and not caring about the word. Just, you know what I mean? And. Because you can do that and teach them the way you would rather have them respond. Um, if that's really the hill you want to die on. I, I just don't, I don't know that I would. I really shocked my staff once um, a while ago because we had this three-year-old. <clears throat> oh, my God, he was so cute. Short little guy, round face. So cute, big eyes. Um, he'd been there since he was a baby. So we were best buds and, uh, his mom came to pick him up. I'm going to have to make a note right now to put an explicit warning on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. He, his mom came and picked him up. He ran to her at the door, met her at the door, turned around to the classroom and said, see you later, you little fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) With his mom and his mom just stood there like shocked and embarrassed and waiting to see how we'd respond and I just laughed because it was funny yeah (laughs) and everyone was like I can't believe you didn't talk to his mom about that like well she was fully aware of the situation she she saw it yeah she saw everything um well what if other kids start to say it well then we we do this we do what we do anytime they swear regardless of where they learned it or how it you know we we figure yeah. out what they're trying to accomplish, and that's what we address. And if there's something we want them to do instead, we teach that intentionally. <laughs> right. um, but see, I think that if there's something we want them to do instead says a lot, too, because I think that, I mean, like you said earlier, and like Heather Shoemaker makes the point of in her book about it being a power, mm-hmm. display or an attempt at power, yeah. or use of power. I mean, I think kids know just as well as we do that words are incredibly powerful. And I, I mean, 
sort of going back to, is this the hill you want to die on? Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to offer a replacement behavior if a kid once in a while drops, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. I would just let it go. Right. And because, yeah, they would just keep it going. If... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, if, if, if it was... In, you know, aimed or directed at a specific child, and that child was visibly really upset about it or something. Then that, then we would do some. Yeah. Then, then I wouldn't ignore it, but it would still not be the words. It would be the effect and the intention and the feel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know you're angry at her when you said that. It made her, cr- you know, it makes her sad. She's not going to want to play with you for a while now. That kind of stuff. Rather than. That is not a nice word. <laughs> right. Handling the attack rather than. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. There was something I was just going to. Oh, isn't there another story, though, about, like, a song that all the kids were. Oh, was yeah. Was it stupid? Was... was that the word? No, the word was hate. Oh, yeah. I think we covered that, I think. Yeah, no, because that was another one where I reacted poorly. And said, I really don't like that word. I didn't remember that part. Well, I don't know that that's reacting poorly. You just well, do it differently now, is what you're, what I hear you saying. Okay, well, I appreciate the... you. Di- you didn't like it, and you're going to do it differently next time, but I don't know that it was... Right, well, I just, I, I said, I, you know, I really don't like that word. Let's not sing that song, and then just... <laughs> weeks. Weeks. And everyone hated everything. yeah. yeah. So you, so you said, I don't like that word. And they said, noted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for the feedback. I'll take that exactly. into consideration. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> I love how they adapt to that, though. Because, yeah, they would hate all the time around me. But then my co-teacher would be there. No, nothing. No hating. But then at the same time, I have a child now who spits on my co-teacher and hasn't done it to me. So they just figure out what you really don't like. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's true. And especially, um, I do think power is a big piece of this because you're right. Language is very powerful and, um, young children don't have much power. They, I mean, if you think about, I think Tiffany, Tiffany and I've talked about doing this, like having adults write down a list of everything they did from the time they get out of, got out of bed in the morning and how often they got to make the choice about something and then mm-hmm. writing down everything they ask children to do in their program and how often the children have any choice. And I don't mean red or blue cup right? because that's a teacher trick to make it feel like we're giving them power. Not that we shouldn't, if they want a red cup, let them have a red cup, whatever. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but, um, but I, I don't think that's enough of a choice to make a child feel like they have power and don't need to go looking for ways to have power. Oh, absolutely. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think adult engagement is, you know, when a child is looking for power, I think it's <clears throat> super important for the adult to recognize it and allow it to happen as much as they can. Uh-huh. Right. I've, I've had a couple of conversations where, um, you know, we're talking like we're talking now, same, same general line, and someone will say, well, why would I want to reward that child at that point, though? And I'm like, but aren't we in the business of meeting children's needs? And why on earth, if a child told us that they had a need, would we not try to meet that need just because they asked for it in an unattractive way? 
right. Um, I, I just, I mean, I, I get that ignoring sometimes helps with a behavior you don't want to see repeated. But it's a, it's a fine line. There's a balance to be stricken, yeah. struck. So you would have said struck. I think stricken works, though. Listeners can vote. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your vote in the comments. Judge our grammar. <laughs> what were you going to say? Do you remember? I got lost on stricken. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, wait. No. <laughs> Rewarding behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we were. Oh, yeah. I've just, just in my experience of, you know, don't reward it with attention. When you give the child who's seeking attention attention, the behavior you don't like stops. Right, yeah. Um, Like, even if you don't want to connect with that child because you're some sort of horrible non-child connecting monster. (laughs) Like, your your end goal is met. (laughs) What did you just say? Horrible child... Non-child connecting monster. Non-child connecting monster. That might be the name of this episode. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have also said just don't see see the value of relationships with the children at this point in time. But well, that's the that's the politic response. Um, someone playing a bass guitar in your house? Oh, motorcycle driving by. <laughs> oh, the Ferry Street motorcycles. Yes. Um, Liz and I used to live on the same street. For those of you who don't know what that's about, um, she still lives there. I'm, I ran away. Um, oh my gosh. Sorry, I just totally derailed everything. <laughs> um, what do you think about um, giving them like funny words as replacement words when you do hear? I, that's not a trick question. I really don't know what I think about it. I haven't. I don't know. So I literally just saw this like three days ago, four days ago. Uh-huh. And I'm intrigued by the idea. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it, and I don't know what I think. Yeah. I think that for it to work, the adult would have to genuinely use it in those circumstances yeah. as opposed to. Right. Um, right. I like authentic language. Yes. I mean... Like, you know, my family, stinker pot is sort of a part of the language that's been passed down from, and that's kind of, but that's not what I'm talking about, although I'm sure it probably originated as a euphemism (laughs) for someone who didn't want to call me something else when I was little. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I just think whenever we can, we should be authentic, Mm -hmm. Um, not proposing that you should let it fly in front of them all. Right. And, and swear and cuss, but um, that's not, I don't know, that's not the real world, I guess, is what I'm trying to say with that funny yeah, language thing. It's, and I, it's just an interesting experiment. I think, for me as the adult, I'd have a really hard time adapting, you know, my fuck to chimichanga. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know till you try. Let's set up some research <laughs> some experiments um do yeah. you have RV approval that seems seems dangerous <laughs> yeah that's true yeah <laughs> um probably that doesn't meet the ethical standards of, of a research project um yeah i guess i don't really know how i feel either and then i then i go to thinking about how children's sense of humor develops 
And Mm -hmm. so often we get all fired up because they're talking about poopy butts and uh, poopy face and poopy this and poopy that, which I can get behind 100% (laughs) because poop stories, the greatest. (laughs) Um, But, you know, again, we get all... Our, our immediate reaction is, oh, that's so hurtful. That's not nice. We don't do that. But if we just understand that that's a stage in their sense of humor development, because it really is. I mean, that kind of potty joke is one of the first ways they know how to be funny. Um, then we can sort of celebrate it as a developmental milestone <laughs> instead of freaking out about it and wondering you know, what their parents did to them at home that made them say that word. (laughs) Can I tell a really cute story in that vein, though? Yes, and then I will. Oh, excellent. So I had the child who I worked with who was barely three, and it also, like, had just started using the toilet. (laughs) And she, she, she became the Weird Al of the traditional nursery rhyme songs. Nice. But, like, it was so clever, and this rhyme scheme fit perfectly. Like, so, you know, London Bridge is falling down. She would start singing, take the pee and flush it down. (laughs) (laughs) But see, for how old was she? Barely three. Like, she just turned three. Pee is so much of a three-year-old's life. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like it would feel weird to us, but for a (laughs) three-year-old, I mean, that's, it's like the rappers who rap about their lives. (laughs) Take it's Taylor Swift. That's what that is. Writing about her life. Oh, come on. You've got a lot in common with Taylor, don't you? Um, I think it's a short list. <laughs> I don't know. I've honestly, I've heard one Taylor Swift song beginning to end ever in my life. And that is Teardrops on My Guitar. Oh, I don't think I know that one. That's right out of American Idol. That's very early... When my kids were still listening to Top 40 Radio in the van. Okay. Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I accidentally heard some, what's the other one? Shake it out, shake it off, whatever. Because one that is Florence great. and the Machine, and that's a good song. The other one is Taylor Swift, and I was tired of it very quickly. Shake it off, that's Florence and the... Anyway, so my stories, I have two. <laughs> um, when Curtis and Josie were little, probably two and four or three and five, one of those combinations. Mm -hmm. They were in the backseat of the car and they had been just like working butt into every possible sentence. And I was a different person at the time. (laughs) Thought that I needed to take a strong moral stand (laughs) and told them to stop. I was sick of hearing butt. Stop it. And so we got out of the car. Josie stuck her butt out at Curtis and said, hey, Curtis, look at my butt, lur. <laughs> just stared. Intense eye contact with me the whole time. Yes. I lost that battle. <laughs> <laughs> and another friend whose name I won't mention because I haven't gotten permission to uh, use this story. Um, her daughter, when she was three or four, mm-hmm. said, fuck. And... Mom and dad said this word constantly. And mom said, I don't really like it when you say that. And so little girl went out to her friends in the yard, 
said, hey, guys, my mom doesn't like fuck, so I'm not going to say fuck anymore. I'm going to really try and stop saying fuck because my mom doesn't like it when I say fuck. You just <laughs> And every kid went running home. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, gosh. So sometimes our best bet is just to let it slide. Yes. I mean, because the bigger deal, we make it. If power is the goal or humor is the goal, um, we're not going to be able to stop it. Or honest, authentic expression. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot to be said for a well-timed motherfucker. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, I just made a new playlist on my iPod. And I know mm-hmm. that's really old-timey even, the iPod now, with the aux cord in the car. <laughs> Um, like, I guess you have an aux cable, it's okay. I, yeah, I know. Um, and it's all songs that feature that word prominently. Nice. And it is such an intense stress reliever <laughs> to play that really loud and sing along. <laughs> so I get it. I know. Sometimes you just need to say it and then you feel better. Um, we used to joke a lot. Because one program I worked in that had kids uh, birth through school age all in the same building, um, whenever a littler kid would swear at home, the parents would come in and say, I don't want him playing with those school agers anymore. So for a while, whenever we talked about swearing, we'd be like, those damn school agers again. (laughs) Right. They're the only ones modeling this language. Right, exactly. (laughs) It has to. Who else could it be? It must be one of the school age children. Who, by the way, are never in a room with your three-year-old. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh. Okay, any last any last thoughts? Any last things you wanted to say that we didn't get to? Oh, last thoughts. I think you had everything. Not like your final thoughts ever. But oh, like for the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not threatening you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Can I tell the really great story of, you know, genuine, of a small child genuinely needing to, yeah, or, you know, feeling the need to swear? Yeah. I don't know. Can you? May I please? See, even when I'm sober, (laughs) I do that. Okay. Yes. Please tell the story. Um, so a child comes in and is just having an off morning and she, I think she was two at the time, just up late, up early, you know, one of those. Not a good day. Yeah. So she's building a tower with her mega blocks, and she picks it up, and she needs to move it somewhere else. And as she's moving it, the bottom half just comes completely <laughs> off. The block hits the floor, and I just hear, stupid motherfucker. <laughs> and then immediately, this child's sister co- goes, oh, only mommy can say that. <laughs> and did you tell mommy that story? Well, the best part was dad was picking up that day. So I said, you're off the hook. <laughs> but I've got a story for They you. threw mom under the bus. <laughs> yeah. You're totally cool, though. <laughs> uh, that is a good one. See, we could, well, to just do, do some documenting now of funny swearing stories. And then we'll tell them, we'll just do an episode of telling funny swearing stories. <laughs> I like it. Um, it'll be like the Jeff and Lisa's stupid rules that has like 18 episodes. Yes. <laughs> of 18 episodes of children swearing. 
That'll get and us on a list. Too. I don't think I'd have to twist the kids' arms that hard. It would just be parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Sign a consent form. Right. We're going to call you. We're going to get your child on Skype. We're going to try and get him to swear at us. <laughs> I think that's a perfect plan. I think that'll, we'll save that for sweeps week. Sweep <laughs> Put it on YouTube and Put become on... YouTube billionaires. Yes. Oh. Josie's really worried about my retirement plans. <laughs> I think you just solved it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, maybe Heather not. corrects people's grammar. <laughs> and laughs at swearing children. Um, okay. Well, thanks, Liz. It was fun to talk to you again. Um, it's refreshing to do it on a screen instead of real life. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing okay so this thanks again everybody for coming in and listening to us we'll be here again next week have a good week between This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.